Hello and welcome to the Fed by Farmers podcast with me, Cammie Wilson. And me, Iona Murray. As always, we'd like to thank our sponsors, Crystalix and Animax, for supporting the podcast. And we're going to hear a little bit more about them later in the show. We're doing things a little bit different this week. Usually, Iona and I do a little introduction and a little blether, and then we get into the interview. But that's actually quite hard to schedule and sort out. So actually what we're doing is we're going to interview our guest. Today's guest is sitting here patiently waiting for our introduction. Yes. And then we're going to go straight into it. And then we might have a wee conclusion at the end. We'll just see because we don't want to actually talk about her while she's still here. You know? <laughs> <laughs> we'll do it. We'll, we'll do see that after. <laughs> so, so who is she? It is uh, Margot McGill we have with us today. Now Margot, I've wrote a couple of points here. You're a partner at Lockhart's Law. Yep. And that is your specialty is agricultural law. That's correct. Perfect for this podcast. But you also farm with your husband and I was going to say, uh, I was going to say lovely little kids, but they're, two they're, sons. they're absolutely <laughs> bloody massive. Yes, absolutely. Six foot plus. Yes, them, yes. Me. Great breeding. Great <laughs> oh, yes, breeding, yeah. I must say. What can I say? Uh, and you're, you're there you're milking 120 dairy yes. cows, mostly yes. pure Holsteins. Yes, couple pure of Holsteins. Couple of wee jerseys yes. for oh, fun. Yes, token jerseys, token jerseys, but essentially pedigree Holsteins. That's um, Robbie's um, thing. He loves all that. Yeah, is Robbie your son? Uh, so Robbie, oh well, yes, he's my biggest boy potentially. I want to, you know, he's my husband. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's the biggest character. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, Robbie's my husband, and I've got two sons, Rory and Kyle. There we go. Yes. So that's that is the introduction, and of course, Mary, this all came off the back of really speaking with Heather. Yes, I, and uh, that's I kept that. probing her questions about uh -huh. wills and succession yep, yep, things, yep. and she was, you know, you want to speak to a solicitor about that. So mm -hmm. yes. we mentioned your name in the podcast, yes, and indeed. as if by magic, here you appear. <laughs> Um, Thank so, you for asking me. No, listen, it's great for us. And so much of this podcast is people in Ayrshire, obviously, yep. because we're in Ayrshire. Yep. We know lots of people in Ayrshire, mm -hmm. but we thought it'd be good to actually, you know, get you in. You're well known and you can tell us the facts because, we're, you know, we're not, we don't do that many facts on here. I usually waffle things that I think. <laughs> oh, wait, no, you don't. Quite. Well, I, I did say to someone, we were at the NFU conference the other day. Ah, yes. And, and someone brought up the story about the <laughs> blackface, the most influential sheep ever, uh, animal ever sold, you could yep. say, is yep. the Scottish blackface and the Alexander Fleming story. And I, I did say to the guy, you know, don't believe everything you hear on that podcast. <laughs> 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 but we can believe anything you tell us. Oh, so wait. if you want, I've gave a little introduction there, but tell us about what, what it is you actually do at Lockhart's Law. Um, okay, so as I say, I'm a solicitor. I am an accredited specialist in agricultural law. I work with Lockhart's Law um, Solicitors and Air. I've been there now for about 12 years. Um, we're a predominantly conveyancing, commercial, sort of corporate and agricultural firm. Um, and it's typically, it's farmers that I work with on a daily basis, Cami. Um, buying and selling farms, dealing with servitudes, refinancing, just anything that comes across my desk that's essentially farming orientated. So I love it. It's great. I love working with the farmers. They're a unique bunch and they've always got really interesting stories or setups. So it's it's a great area to be in. Yeah, and I suppose that's the thing. It won't be the same thing day in, no, no, day out. Changes, be, yeah. yeah, changes all the time. Depends on the farming scenario. Depends who's involved in the business. Just depends. Yeah, depends what the issue is that they come to see me about. So it can be anything. It can start off just be your basics with wills or powers of attorney or a bit of inheritance tax it, it just depends um, but the most basic thing that everybody should have in place is a will um, very important thing to get in place because the law doesn't even assume that your spouse for instance would be your executor so if you die without a will first thing your family have to do is they have to go to court to get huh. your executor appointed so your spouse would have to be appointed so it removes so much stress for a family to have a will in place because then it's set out exactly what the deceased wanted so it's a very, very, very useful tool to have in place. So I can't emphasise enough the importance of having a will in place. And then how does the court decide? Well, you would apply to the court to nominate the person that you want. So very often it's either a spouse or a child. Mm -hmm. um, but you have to actually do that step that you can't just assume that your spouse or your child would be the executor. So making a will but, is so important. But what if you haven't said who you prefer and then... So the spouse and... Well, and and your child go yeah. to court, who wins? It would be the spouse and then Whoever the has you. It's like a race. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, your mum's already phoned me, you're screwed. <laughs> well, and that's the thing, hopefully the family get on and they're all in agreement. And yeah. that's why, particularly if there's a situation where people don't get on, then it's so important to have your will in place. Um, because one big thing, again, with, um, sadly, the law of succession is legal rights. So, again, one of the big things about preparing a will for a client is 
I will always check how they hold the farm and how it's all structured. So if you hold your farm as an individual, so it's in the dad's name, mm -hmm. or maybe you could hold the farm as a partnership asset. But it's very important to clarify that at the outset because depending on how you hold the farm can have implications. So if you do have a will, and then the will is read when somebody passes, and there's potentially a disgruntled child in the family dynamic that doesn't accept what's in the will, then they can claim their legal right in the deceased estate. So they can say, I'm ignoring what's in the will and I'll claim my legal right. And the reason that's important is because it allows them to claim, obviously, something which they may not have been entitled to. Mm -hmm. So you can claim a legal right in mm -hmm. an, a person's movable estate as opposed to heritable estate. So heritable is, just as we we're talking about farms, houses, land. Movable is things like money, cash, cash mm -hmm. sharing a partnership. Mm -hmm. So as long as you've got your will set up properly and as long as you know how you hold your heritable assets, i.e. in your individual name, there's no problem. But sometimes people don't realise that they hold the farm in the partnership and a share in a partnership actually can be regarded as being a movable asset and not a heritable. Mm -hmm. And the, the, the reason this is really important is because you can only claim legal rights in your movable estate. You can't claim legal rights in heritable estate, which is the houses and farms. So you shouldn't be able to claim any legal rights on, on, the, farm. The, on the farm, okay. provided you're set up properly, Cami. But if you're not set up properly and the farm is held in the partnership, that can give a disgruntled person the chance to come in the back door to claim a legal so, share. So that's why I'll say structure. The structure of how you hold your assets is one of the key things that any solicitor looking at a farming will should check. So from obviously a lot of a, a lot, lot of information. No, but that's good. Yep. That's mm -hmm. really good. That's what we want here. But I, I'm hopefully going to break. There'll be a lot of people yep. listening. Will be thinking yep. the way I'm thinking. So, uh, are you? I know you're not saying this, but from what you're saying, that then it's better if it's held solely by the person opposed to being tied up in a partnership. Well, yes. So in that regard, anyway. In that regard, absolutely. But that's why the key thing is speaking to your solicitor at day dot because you want to ascertain the structure and you want to ascertain the dynamics in the family because it may be you've only got one son, so it doesn't mm. matter. And if you've got one son, then, you know, he's going to get everything and that's going to be fine. But if you've got several sub children and potentially, you know, you've got two boys coming come into the partnership and you've maybe got other family that aren't involved in the farming partnership, sometimes maybe if the relationship's not as good with the ones that aren't involved in the farming partnership, you want to make sure that you're clear that you know how your assets are going to transfer on in terms of the next generation. Mm -hmm. So you need to be clear as to how they're held. So if there's no risks, if it's if it's the Waltons and everybody gets on really mm -hmm. well and mm -hmm. there's no concerns. The Murrays. And, yeah, if it's the, the Murrays and there's no issues. <laughs> good night, John Boy. So if it's that scenario, then you're grand. And it's just a case of knowing that. But the issue is sometimes where you maybe don't have that fortunate scenario where everybody gets on so well. So it's very important to just to check how the, the farm is structured and to make sure that you understand how it's held and to understand what your risks are. If there is any potential legal rights claims that could come out the woodwork at a later date, you're as well to know that. And therefore, in answer to your question, Cami, yes, you would make sure then that the farm is held specifically in the individual person's name rather right. than being held as a partnership asset. That's but it depends mm -hmm. depends on your circumstances, and that's what I can't emphasize enough. But circumstance I, by circumstance, yeah, of course, case of by course, case. Of course, of course. But you'd think like most farms would probably be in a partnership, mm -hmm. yeah, husband most, and wife, yeah, a lot at the very trade, least. Yeah, a lot of people trade in a partnership. And typically... Oh, so is that different than the farm being held in a so, partnership? So, yeah, so that's your legal ownership. So the legal oh, so ownership is who owns it, the title deed, Cammy, okay. who yep, owns yep. the title, the legal title to that property. Yes. Which is one yep. one area versus your actual business, how, how you trade. Yes. So your capital in any farming partnership would usually be your stock, machinery, and whatever cash you have in the bank. And I would usually say that your heritable assets, the farm is off, balance sheet is off the partnership because then you know exactly who holds who it. Who owns it, right. That's, and that yeah. potentially reduces any risk. And you would make that very clear in your partnership agreement. Right. Um, well, in that case, generally speaking, it probably is held in one name. Mm -hmm. Most yes, farms, yes, I would say. Uh, but typically back in the day, it depends on your situation. Quite a lot of people would maybe have put the farm into the partnership to give you a good, robust balance sheet if you're going to the bank to say, you know, we want to mm, borrow money, we want right. to do X and Y, we want to buy the farm next yeah. door. So you want a very robust balance sheet. But as I say, there's more than one way to do that. And that's why you can have the farm held by the individuals and still have a very robust, you know, partnership. So it's just making sure that people understand, you know, the legal title. And then you've actually got your trading vehicle. So whether you're a sole trader, yeah. a partnership, mm. 
or a company. Limited Some people company. like to yeah, yep. trade as a company, you know, it's tax advantages. So it's just understanding, knowing how you're set up and making sure that that setup is right for you. Mm -hmm. uh, no, that's interesting. Looking for the perfect way to supplement your livestock while maximizing their forage intake and digestibility? Introducing Crystalix Feedlix, the convenient, smart, and efficient choice for livestock supplementation. Packed full of energy, protein, vitamins, minerals, and trace elements, Crystalix products deliver a complete nutrient package that allows ruminant livestock to prosper. Backed up by scientific research over the last 30 years, Crystalix products have been proven to support optimal animal health, improve performance, fertility, and enhance overall farm profitability. Manufactured using a unique patented process, Crystalix products are low in moisture and last longer than other blocks. The durable consistency of Crystalix ensures that animals can't gorge on the product. Instead, intakes are consistent, with products being consumed little and often as intended. Improve the efficiency of your livestock supplementation while saving time, effort, and money. To view the full range and find out how Crystalix can work for you, visit crystalix-global.com. I think a lot of folk will be listening to that already going, hmm, how's, how's the but farm yeah, set up? Yeah. And, and this is what this is all about, is making yeah. people think and hopefully helping a lot of people. Yep. So if I, let's put a wee scenario to you then. As I am just, I don't have a will. Okay. Cammy. I know. Shame on you. In fairness, in fairness, like, well, actually, I would say I don't have much to inherit, but I have. But your kids, what? even. We've got Cammy, 1100 years. It would be so years. messy if you yeah. died. But how would it? Lizzie, see, would like, ju Lizzie would just get everything. I bet Lizzie's not even assumed to be an executor. I mean, you would, you're would you better to have a will, Cammy. Oh, a will. A will. Uh -huh. will yeah. uh -huh. So, what would happen uh -huh. if Cammy died? But let's do the scenario. Yeah. yeah. Right. Okay, so give me a Apart from a lot of tears around the table. Yeah. Yeah. And imagine, <laughs> it, imagine it'd be something similar to, you know, like folk lining the streets and all that. And yeah, yeah, yeah that's all been that's all been and gone, and now we're talking money. Yes, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, you're, you're in the ground. You're dead. An honest man here lies at rest, blah, blah, blah. Right. Bless Jason. Yes. Bless Jason. Our father. <laughs> um, so, right, I'm deed. I'm right. in the ground. Now the fight begins. And you've got no will. Well, yep. the law. So We so have a Sassanac claiming, ah. uh, uh, claiming rights to my money. She's came from Devon. Oh, gosh. She's had a couple of kids. She's had three kids by me, and now she thinks she gets all the money. Oh, gosh. Is that, is that fair? Um, you were never married, though, Cammy. No. Or were you married? No, I'm still not sure. I'm still thinking about it. So you know, she might be the one. She might were... be the one, but I'm just oh. Oh, I'm not sure. Well, if this previous lady, if you were married, then she's automatically got rights. If you never divorced her. Oh, you're, you're actually married... meaning I have well, actually been married. Oh, right. oh, this is getting worrying now. <laughs> oh, no, so, oh, you mean, all oh, right, okay. I was joking about Lizzie. All oh, right, okay, sorry. No, it was a joke. Like, I don't know if she's the one, you know, but yeah, no, no. Yeah, yeah. That's Lizzie I'm talking about. But so you're not married then? No, no, I was. Okay. Very a lot of sinning, a lot of sinning happening. Oh. Let me tell you, okay. um, but uh, especially <laughs> now the TV's broke. That's another story. But previously, I have been oh. married. Ah, oh, right, okay. Yeah. So you divorced? Are you properly divorced? Divorced? A total, very modern, very modern. Yes, that's. Uh, uh, so I've been married, and divorced. Right, as long as you're divorced, that's fine. So wife okay. number one has no claim whatsoever. That's good. That's <laughs> the main thing. Is you're categorically divorced. That is a hugely important point. So as yeah. long as you're divorced, she's got no claim whatsoever. Ideal. But um, in terms of Lizzie's claim, then she would be it would be dealt with in accordance with the law of intestacy. So the law sets down how your um, the next generation and your spouse would inherit your assets. Um, so it's set down, it's ordered in terms of what they get. So Lizzie would get like, you know, the home and up to a certain value and money type thing. And then um, we're, we're her prior rights. So she would get her prior rights potentially. Um, <laughs> but as you're not married, yes, that's, yeah, it's maybe not just as straightforward as if you were married. We, we rent our house as well. So it's like she's on the pums. Oh, she'll get some, a, a, the whole rent to pay. Well, that's, that was going to be one of my questions. What happened if somebody died and they had loads and loads of debt and nobody wanted to claim? Uh, oh. Well, the person that's got the date would obviously have to but, raise but, that against that, and would have to bring a decree to get you know to find. They would need to find out who was the representative in the next kin, etc. So, but with all those things, if there is a lot of debt, the solicitor pays the debt first before yes. MD gets any money. So, ah, uh, so oh, in your right, right, the okay. debt's all paid yeah. before MD gets it. So, it wouldn't be a case of if MD's taken it or not. It'd be a case yeah. of. It's but what if tax. they had no money and oh, they, their debt outweighed? The money bit, they like had, a, you know, it's a bit like saying, kind of get the breaks off Islander. You know, if there's no money, there's nothing to get. So basically, they just the debts are wiped. Uh -huh. yeah, mm -hmm. Right. Okay. Uh -huh. I, 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 the debts aren't inherited. Like, uh -huh. Your yeah, wife doesn't. Well, if you were oh, took, if, you're, if it's it depends, 50 50 partnership. Well, yes. So yes, if you of took, course. depends how you took the debt. If you yep. took the debt in your joint names, or if it was a partnership debt. Well, within a partnership, the debt is joint in several. So that means you've got joint several liability. So effectively, yep. it means that if both of you sign up mm -hmm. and you've got a pound and your other half's got a million. 
um, and you know that million's exhausted, then they potentially can come back against you for the debt just as well as they could come back against your your um, partner. So if you've got a house in your own right, mm -hmm. then your house in your own right is on the line for that debt because it's a partnership debt where you've got joint and several liability. Mm -hmm. So that's why okay. you need to be clear just in terms of what you're signing up to at the outset and again, what vehicle you're taking the debt's um, name in, you know, what, what name the debt is secured in. So you said there uh, about... Lizzie would get the, the things like the, the house and, and things like that. What happens with the rest of it? But well, Should she get the sheep as well? Well, I will actually move. She's <laughs> actually the only one that knows where they all are. <laughs> so handy. good luck to anyone <laughs> trying to get them off her. <laughs> they're, in 20, they're in 20 different holdings. Good yeah. luck. Yeah. That's handy, Cam. Yeah. No, um, obviously, there would be an itinerary worked out in terms of what you essentially had. And then I think she would raise a claim to that this date. Again, because she's not married. If you're married, she's got an automatic entitlement in terms of prior rights. But when you're right. not married, they've got to kind of raise a claim. Um, so, yeah, it's the same with inheritance tax. If you're leaving everything to your spouse, there's an automatic exemption. So everything that, in a will, mm. a husband leaves to a wife... Is completely exempt from inheritance tax. Is really? it? Yes. One of the few benefits of being married. Did we? That is a massive benefit. Yeah. So yeah. So if you have a will, again, make a will, guys. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm saying. Make yeah. a will. Absolutely. Yeah. And sadly, you're to pass. Then everything that is left between spouses on death is exempt from inheritance tax. Just yeah. So you know. Interesting. Because mm -hmm. otherwise, your your nil rate band, as we talk about, um, for an individual is three hundred and twenty-five thousand. So typically, anybody's estate would need to be over £325,000 before you're subject to tax. So if you're just an ordinary individual, unmarried, and you die, the first thing your solicitor does is liaise with your executors mm -hmm. and they work out the value of your estate. So you work out everything that person had, a cheery chat, everything that person had as at the date of death, and then if it's over £325,000, then you're subject to tax at 40%. Um, but there are exemptions. So if you're a married couple and you leave everything to your spouse, mm -hmm. it doesn't matter if you're 325,000 or 3.25 million, you leave it all to your spouse, it's exempt from inheritance tax. And for farms, there's an exemption called agricultural property relief. So you can potentially get a farm down to the next generation without suffering inheritance tax if you tick the boxes for... If you're actively AP. farming it, is if that correct? If you're actively farming, Cammy, that's correct, 100%. Okay. But what, and we covered this, I'll tell you one thing I'm going to say, what, mm. uh, can you say what your hourly rate is? Is it pretty, is it open? Is it secret? It's, no, it's not. My terms of business are quite clear. It's, I think it's about £250 an hour, which is very cheap compared to a lot of my competitors in Glasgow and Edinburgh. Well, <laughs> anyway. I think that's a bar. Can I just say, I think that's good value because you give so much information yeah, so good. fast. Yeah. yeah. Oh, sorry. I, that's I, like, no, that's a negative I've had it's, for years. It, no, it's like, it's like, quickly, no, so just tell me it's like folk down. are going to listen to this, like saying, like, yeah. I can't believe I found somebody that speaks faster than Cammy. In fact, or we had Raymond Kennedy last week. Raymond Kennedy, uh -huh. who speaks fast, but you're, no, but you speak very clear. But I'm actually thinking at 250 quid an hour, I'd want you to speak as fast as possible. Yeah, you would just say nothing. <laughs> oh, I, 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 like, just give me the information. Uh -huh. I'm like, God, that's well, but 10 minutes. I, I tend that? to do a lot of stuff in like an agreed fee estimate type thing. So you tell me at the outset what you want me to do, and I'll agree a fee with you there and then. That's reasonable and obviously depends on what I'm farmers doing for love you. That. So farmers love that. Farmers love yeah. tell me, you know, I they know what they're paying. They know what they're paying. They can budget Plus for that. Plus, it means you're not dragging things on. Oh, totally. Oh, no. I'm a farmer's daughter, Cammy. I know what it's like. You know, you've got to talk about the bottom line. Absolutely, mm -hmm. tight. Working with the tightest customers you could be working oh, with. But they're a rare breed, and that's why I love them. That's great. But, but see, see with the the criminal loss. I, I know you don't do criminal. I don't do law, criminal. But yeah, thankfully. You, would you know? You maybe know some folk that do it. Do you know? Yeah, yeah, no, I've, I, uh -huh. I always thought like when I was in the police, right? Uh, legal aid. Like there must be a lot of dragging their heels and and dragging things out because mm. of legal aid. Is there not? Oh, legal aid has taken a complete um, bashing over the last number of years. It's now that the legal aid rates have been completely reduced. So many people have gone out of business because of legal aid. Now you basically don't get legal aid for as much, nearly as much as you used to do, which obviously is not good for the individual either because you don't have the same access to justice. But um, yeah, back, I mean, you could have argued that back in the day, legal aid was a, you know, you, you could make as much out of it as you potentially tried. But I mean, it depended on the case that you had. But legal aid has taken a real bashing over the last few years, Cammy. There's loads of people now that previously did legal aid that don't do it anymore. I mean, again, my knowledge of it is very scant. Yeah, scat no, but you'll hear, you'll hear yeah, yeah, yeah. But yes, I hear the chat. You read it in FT or something yeah, like well. that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we said try to sound cool. <laughs> um, but yeah, okay, that's interesting. Because that used to be like we would deal with shoplifting. And you'd have CCTV of the shoplifting. Yeah, yeah. The mm -hmm. security guard as a witness seeing him take it and put it in his jacket. And he'd plead not guilty all the way to... Oh, like to on. take it to a trial yeah, yeah, and no. it's like 
how could you possibly do that? I know. Like, why has that money been spent on legal yeah. aid for that? You know, to go when that's the mm -hmm. entitlement. So this you get entitled, but you know, innocent to proven guilty. It's the fundamental yeah. pillars of the criminal it's justice important. system. It's very that important. Anybody that is, you know, any charges have been brought against, they've got a fundamental human right that they're allowed yeah. to be defended. So it's all kind of roundabout. Mm. It's crouched in that rather than thinking about the money side of it. It's yeah, absolutely. Any individual with a right to fair representation yeah. is the kind yeah. of idea behind it yeah no uh, no and that's fair enough um so yeah you're, you're getting uh, fantastic information and in sorry like, information overload cameras so feel no, free to do you know slow slow i, I usually think me back. i i usually think <laughs> i folk usually listen to podcasts at 1.2 but they listen to us at 0.8 <laughs> so i sound a lot like this i don't just laugh it's like <laughs> 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 um, so sorry I, I totally interrupted uh, chain of thoughts there we were talking about Wills um, about I'm going to do uh, here's a question mm. now my solicitor told me this one time this is a solicitor that did a property for me that they would do a will for free yeah some people do that it just depends what you know your marketing but track is you say some people uh, you charge for it. House, well, it depends. See, as a lot of the wills we do require complex quite a bit of advice. Uh -huh, mm. So I mean, it's not just a case of uh, back in the day when I first joined Lockhart's, one of the older partners did that. Like if you bought a house for somebody, you would automatically give them a will. And I think that's potentially actually quite a good thing to do. Yeah. But the problem is a lot of the wills I do are for my established farming clients. So it involves a meeting, a couple of meetings. You've got to go through yeah. their titles, you've got to have a bit of an understanding mm. of the family setup, the family dynamic. And it's not but, just something I could do in half an hour off the bat. You know, I need a bit more time but and is effort. It not, is it not a bit of an investment because like i guess in terms of when you're dealing with an executive cami yeah yeah so uh, like if you hold the bill yeah you'll yeah, be the yeah. one that yeah then gets to administer the estate yeah so you get to administer the the, yeah. the invoice at the end well no absolutely <laughs> so yes executives um can be an area where potentially um you do make uh, um, quite a bit of money. I mean, there's no get away from that. Executives are your old school. It's uh, Sadly, it's a bit of thing we all have in common, death and tax, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? So it's it's a very constant area of business because people always die, whereas yeah. people are not always buying houses or buying farms or it all depends mm. on the market. Yep. But sadly, death is something that mm -hmm. happens regardless of what's going on. Is, uh -huh. yeah, so yeah. that's why solicitors always say that executives are a very core, very substantial part of your business because sadly, mm -hmm. there's always somebody dying, yeah. unfortunately. And see, um, so one of your biggest points is everybody have a will yes. is there anything more specific like within that will that makes things easier or that are smart decisions to make well yes it's just about understanding your own setup i own and understanding mm -hmm. what assets you have and how you want to leave things and taking that advice at an early stage so that as i say the basic one is just the structuring and understanding how you own things because mm -hmm. that's why people very often come a bit like yourself cami and thinking you know get you know not clear in terms of the legal ownership of the asset versus their trading vehicle and kind of just like marry it all into one when it is very distinct and very separate. So very often the main fundamental thing that comes out of any of my first meetings about wills is just clarification with the client as to exactly how they're set up, how they own the farm and how they trade and who's in the business. And also is good for trigger points for maybe bringing in the younger generation or one or two of the younger generation, a son, for instance, mm -hmm. into the partnership. And that's always a good trigger for having that discussion as well. So where you are with your business and how you want to take it forward come very, um, well, most of the time are very much involved with your will discussion. Mm -hmm. So you're having a will, you're thinking about your partnership, your business, how you're going forward. Mm -hmm. And also the other thing that comes off the back of the will as well is a power of attorney. The two go hand in hand. So your power of attorney document is the document you would put in place to authorise somebody to act on your behalf during your life. When you're st when you're still here, yeah, but you're maybe not able to dementia or yeah, something like that. Exactly, yeah. So if you've got something, sadly, one of these conditions very common. Sadly, becoming probably more, more, more common. common farmers. Uh, well, do, yeah. do we see it more? Do you know? I, I listened to a podcast talking mm. about it was Matthew Walker, who's a sleep specialist. Ah. Great thing. Uh, he's actually like a brain genius. Do you sleep well? Amazing. Yeah, yeah I'm like boom asleep. Oh great. <laughs> That's <laughs> typical farmer. Hey, I can sleep in the edge of an eye. Clear conscience. Try it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah, no, I am just, I am just like boom asleep, and and just don't sleep long enough is the problem, and that's part of his thing. He says people that don't get enough sleep, so he has a stat. It's like if you get less than seven hours sleep a night, or, uh, five nights out of seven, you are fifty percent more. This is all made up, but fifty percent more likely to get Alzheimer's and, and, oh gosh, and, and really? things like that. So I always think about dairy farmers. Uh, well, I was going to mm -hmm. say seven out seven or hours shift workers. One shift work. Another reason that, like, I, that yeah. was killing me. See what in the yeah. place. See, oh, see once okay, I turned thirty. Yeah. See before I was thirty, I was invincible, mm -hmm. and then see when I turned thirty, a night shift crippled me. Like I just, mm -hmm. it was like being hungover. Like see coming out of night shift, it was like you'd been on the on the on the piss uh, yeah. for four days, and I, I couldn't recover. 
I was just right. terrible. Yeah, Whereas yeah. Mm-hmm. before 30, yeah. I could do uh-huh. night shift and go share sheep all day. But not good for you. Yeah, I was going sleep to say is that, so uh-huh. important. Random yeah. sleep patterns. And good. females, we need more sleep than men. Oh, is that right? By two hours, yep. Is that right? Yeah. Two hours more a night. Two hours more a night. I'm surprised at that because obviously women typically are the one in the family that, you know, when you have kids, that you then have a very broken sleep pattern. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. true. So I'm surprised yeah. at that, you know, because, yeah. you know, you can get by in a good three or four hours back in the day from the boys were we and then off to work the well, next day. Well, funny you say getting by in a good three, like, there's, so this guy, that it's actually with Joe Rogan, the interview, and I, I, anyway, it's, I would say it's probably the best podcast I've ever listened to. And it's, it's Matthew Walker with Joe Rogan. He mm. actually has his own podcast, but it's a bit boring because he drags it all out. He just, with Joe Rogan, he gets into the real key points mm. of sleep. Uh. And like, see, after you listen to that, like, it actually had a big impact on me working a road out the police. Because oh after listening to really? that, I was like, I need to get out of here. Oh, so this is ages ago you listened oh, to yeah, it? Oh, yeah. Oh, this is an old podcast. Like, right, okay. this, is, this is before Joe Rogan was Spotify. This was, yeah, a while ago. But it is mind blowing how bad it is for you if you're not getting sleep. Yeah. Like, shockingly bad. And I always think about dairy farmers. Well, I know, I was going to say, because, well, Robbie, my other half, is one of the worst for that. His sleep pattern's horrendous because, obviously, we've got robots. So he will check the cows that the late milkers, as they call them, the lates, because not all cows voluntarily go to the robots. Some, yeah. you know, for whatever reason, if they're just in their teat placement, they can't go on their own. They've got to assist the, the robot to um, place the, the, the lasers. Um, so Robbie, about, you know, he's out first thing in the morning, he's out at lunchtime and then um, at night as well. So he'll go out every night at 10 o'clock to check everything mm-hmm. and very mm. often can be out for an hour or two and not back in until later on. So he's got a very broken that's sleep a, pattern. Yeah. So, But that's dairy farming for you. I mean, everybody that's milking cows and some description cami will be up and down regularly. Mm-hmm. So that, it's not good for you. No, like it, it really, really is. And that's why, you know, you know, always give a shout out to dairy farmers because it's oh, like, absolutely. you know, I always say yeah. the, sheep, the sheep boys and girls are the hardest workers physically. Yeah. But see that, that the fact you have to always be there, yeah. the hours you it's do, yeah. dairy it farming, dairy it's farming is like another level. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it's that's like so tying. That's like mm-hmm. you've got to have somebody there more. If, like, Absolutely, if in, if like my sheep, the new, whether it's parlour, you've got to be there morning and night. Each, yeah. They're out. You check them once a week. They're all dozed. They've plenty of grass. They're yeah. check them once a week. They're fine. They're, yep. they're not big enough to start cowping yet. Mm-hmm. Yep. Once a week, you're fine. Um, but dairy cows, even yeah. just cattle and sheds, I think are unbelievably tying. But yeah, mm-hmm. so that always made me think after that podcast about dairy farmers. In a boot. I wonder if there is a start. Yeah. NFU, that's one for you guys to, to no, look absolutely. into. Uh-huh. Uh, is there more cases of mm-hmm. Alzheimer's and dementia and yeah. dairy farmers? Yeah. But it's staff. I mean, that, that's, that's and very staff interesting. And but da- dairymen and women. That's one of the big things, though, in dairy farming just now is um, it's so difficult to get staff. Yeah. You know what I mean? To get good staff. And that's why, therefore, the owners reverts back to the owner themselves, you know, having to milk the cows and do mm-hmm. all the feeding and stuff. And it because, you know, it's so tying. Yeah. And it is so difficult to get good staff mm-hmm. for yeah. various reasons. And that's, therefore, you know, it's difficult for them to get out the, the cycle mm-hmm. of sleep. And that, that is that what you would say is your big win with robots is that although Robbie's out there, yeah, yeah, uh, uh-huh, so that is your big win with robots. Late, late at they're night, always milking the cows, you know, they're great from a yourself. welfare perspective, they're fantastic. The cow, yeah, the cows all took to them very, very well. So, should yeah. we maybe just do a wee bit on the robots just for people who don't, yeah, know. Well, no, what we're talking about? Just tell us a bit about how the robots work. Um, so it's, it's just as it suggests, so you have a robotic milking machine essentially that milks the cows. So rather than bringing the cows into a parlour morning and night where you physically will put the milking machines on your and physically mm-hmm. milk the cows yourself and you've got like somebody in the parlour doing that with a robotic milking setup then the cows effectively will go to milk themselves so when they feel the need they can go and that's again one of the great welfare things of mm-hmm. robots so mm-hmm. that when the minute a cow feels that it's need to go and get milked it, it can yeah um and it basically goes into the robotic milking machine it's got a collar etc the, the computer recognizes it straight away knows the cow they can mm-hmm. be fed while in the robot and as I say, the, the lasers and the electronic milking arm part of the robot just, you know, does it all mechanically, you know, electronically. So there's no need for any human involvement if you don't need to. But as I say, you can. I mean, you can you give it my other So halves, the odd awkward yeah. cow uh-huh. and stuff. Yeah, the odd awkward cow that, yeah. you know, even when they're just freshly calved or if you've got a young heifer and, you know, the, the laser, the... the um, it doesn't reach properly. Some times have to set the new profile for that cow if it's not been in the robot before. Ah, okay. You have to milk it into the robot for the first time so that the laser readjusts to identify that cow's teat placement. Okay, yeah, so yeah, yeah. you do oh, require to assist the mm-hmm. robot from the start, typically mm-hmm. once a cow's just calved, especially if it's just young heifers. But after that, yeah. um, if they're, yeah, they're good robot cows, they will then just merely... Get, they get used to the drill and they like getting into the robot because they know they'll get fed. In fact, yeah. some of them are quite cheeky. Yeah. You know, they'll go round and round think this is great and that's why they have their collar so the robot, robot thinks, nah, 
you were actually just in here 10 minutes kick, ago. Kick out. gate open uh-huh. and straight back and out. Yep. Within the system, is there a way to track who's been in and out? Oh, yeah, yes. so that's their caller. So their caller, the computer knows when they were last in and out. So and, you just... and it's really good for the animal health as well because it tells, you know, their temperature, you know, whether they're susceptible to any, you know, illnesses or oh, whatever. If they've got a raised temperature, they say, so oh, the cow's good. more likely to... We potentially have some kind of mastitis or um, you just whatever. jag in advance. And then you just jag in advance. Mm. So it's really good for cow health as well. So, Very much so. And, that's, and am I right in saying you just get a text to your phone if something's not come in? Yeah, like, yeah. So cow 84 uh-huh, hasn't been yes. in today. Where, <laughs> where, 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 where what is she? What happened to farming? You get a phone call yeah. from the robot. Aye. Yes. Uh-huh. So our first robot was called Manuel because it came from Spain. So it's like, <laughs> obviously, always get Manuel on speed dial. It's like, oh, what's Manuel looking for Love now? But yeah, so it's the technology's fab. And that's why, you know, with two boys are so interested in farming. That's why I love all that because everything at school is iPads, computers, you know, yeah. it's all paperless. They've got them onto the screens from like primary, early doors in primary now. So the robotic stuff is really, really good because the boys are really interested in that and they're keen, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. to work with the robots when they've had that kind of exposure mm-hmm. at school. So Plus it gives them more time for their sheep. Oh, oh God, they're 10 I did, sheep. I missed an oh introduction actually. Margaret's also a, a sheep farmer oh. now. I reluctantly I, but yeah. <laughs> uh, did I get full credit for that yeah, I want full credit absolutely 100% credit for that there we go. what's the story oh, we need to get just you in, in for the, the lamb just in, encouraging the youngsters yes. into Did sheep uh-huh. so what age what age are your sons so Rory is 18 and he's doing agriculture at the barony and right. Kyle is 14 and he's the one that now has the complete oh sheep fetish Love thanks it. to Cammy. all Love thanks it. to Cammy. so we've got 10 pedigree texels thanks to him so, oh. well that's the only thing listen I started with 10 oh. pedigree texels and uh, yeah. I learned my lesson. Yeah, well, um, I was going to say, yeah, early <laughs> doors with a lamb. What I would say is, I didn't have the, the grazing that, that your texels will have, so I'm sure they'll be absolutely fine. Uh, mm. I was trying to put pedigree texels mm. on a wee rough bit of ground that just did not work, but mm, I'm know. sure you'll be fine. Plus, you'll have the vet on speed dial anyway, being a dairy farm, so they can cut <laughs> yes, the lambs out for you. You don't I need know. to worry. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> um, so, no, uh, that, I think that covers the. the Robots. And what yeah, we'll do for yeah. anyone watching on YouTube, this whole podcast is available on YouTube. If you're listening to us, we'll put some uh, videos on YouTube as you're speaking there. Oh, for great. We'll be able to see yeah, the, yeah. the robots in work. I'll get Robbie to send me a couple. Oh, and has it, has it freed Robbie up a bit? I know you're saying he still goes out a lot, but that's one thing I feel for dairy farmers and their wives as well, uh-huh. is that it is so tying. But yeah. is, do, do you feel that things have changed? Um, well, yes, things have changed in that you're more flexible in your day. So you, you're not rigidly there for, you know, three hours in the morning for a milking and three hours at night. So you have more flexibility, but you still do need to have, it's like it's more animal husbandry. You know, you're in the shed a lot, although you're not physically having a, a designated milking time. You know, you're still in the shed, you're still feeding the calves, you're still feeding mm-hmm. them all. Because dairy cows go through a huge ration on a daily basis. So you've still got to, you know, he's got to do all the, like the feed, etc. They'll have a wee side bin, do they, that they can get a top-up feed? Some of them have that. Oh, yeah, so they, they get fed in the robot, but yeah, obviously they've got okay. ad lib, you know, like silage, etc. Yeah, to get their TMR they, they don't have another, calming. like at Yorkshire Show, they have a robot set up at Yorkshire Show. I don't know if you've ever been. It's really really amazing a dairy set up in the middle of the show yes, yes, very very fab. good uh, and it's Laylee that, that do it but they have like a little bit that the cow can walk in that they aren't getting milked it's just a feed station ah, it must be for your high yielders ah, right, okay, to get yeah. a wee top up feed do you have that in yours uh, well we've got us well Robbie's sort of show pen if you like they're the special ones they mm. got everything under the sun mm. I think but, oh man they're <laughs> very has, special we won't <laughs> go too much into the, the, the pedigree side of things because uh, well maybe that's yes. one for Robbie to talk uh-huh. about absolutely because he's mm. mad, mad for it of course mm-hmm. but they do very well in the host or you do very well in the hosting oh well he tries he tries yeah. his best sometimes you stand first sometimes you stand last it's just the joys of showing camera you yeah. take the good with the bad but yeah he very much enjoys it and he gets a good certificate here and there so yes he's, yeah. he's fortunate yep. we, we are, we are going to get more dairy farmers on because we, we have went quite sheep obviously uh-huh. you know we are sheep farmers yeah, no, uh-huh, um, so we are going to get more dairy on and, and we'll get more into that but I, I think for every person that likes I find and you'll maybe find this as well for every person that thinks robots are great there's another that thinks they're terrible yeah no, I can understand that I mean? because they have There's... very much, it's like everything else, they've got pros and cons. Yeah. So as I say, Robbie is cow daft and I say that, you know, mm-hmm. uh, completely unequivocally, he'd agree with me mm-hmm. and therefore he doesn't mind being outside 24-7, you know, what's yeah. not to like. He's with his cows, that's what he enjoys. Whereas I could understand that, you know, the, the attractiveness of a parlour to me is that you do have a designated milking in the morning and at night and then essentially it is potentially easier sometimes just, you know, to that's switch it. off from yeah, it. That's, that's it. Done. You've milk got your two done. Yeah. 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 Whereas, you know, 
know, the robots, you can dip in and out of it as mm. much as you want, which sometimes is, you know, it's a good thing as well as a bad thing. It depends where you come from mm -hmm. on it. Um, so, yeah, every, every sort of farming, you know, strategy, it's, it's pros and cons. And you've got to sit down and work out what's good for you and what suits your family set up as well in terms of the workforce. I mean, at the minute, Robbie's got two boys he can boss about, you know, yeah. all the time. You know what I mean? It's, no, you're not yeah. going out. You're That's, working. We're off. <laughs> that, that investment's starting to really pay <laughs> off. <laughs> took Indeed, a while. Exactly. It took a while. <laughs> uh -huh. but, but, yeah, I cannot. I cannot wait. <laughs> I tell you. Can we? Absolutely. Child labour. Cannot wait. <laughs> uh, I might be able to hold on long enough. <laughs> uh, but I, I think it's interesting because it's probably going to be quite rare. I'm not saying we won't, but it's been quite rare to actually get a. a, a the, I'm the, I always hate saying the wife of a dairy farmer in because you're. I'm, I'm no doubt your partner's in the business and it's your business together. Yeah. But mm -hmm. like, it must be one of the hardest things in terms of a relationship is dairy farming. Ah, well, I mean, it is very challenging. But again, I'm not your stereotypical because of the robots and stuff. And oh, stuff. I know, I know, and you're, you're independent. Absolutely. I've got own business. You probably make more money. <laughs> <laughs> in fact, well, no, dairy farming. I was going to say dairy. Uh, no, no, I was going to say it's, uh, it's one tax dodge and another. No, uh, yeah. uh, no, no, farming. That's like you make it and you, know, it's, you spend it immediately. I mean, that's the thing. You know, you get the well, you, you, you have know no I mean? costs. Like, Yours uh, is all profit. That's well, not all profit, but you know what I mean? It's all your wage. Is, is your money. wage yeah, whereas well, so, uh -huh. in the farm any money it comes uh -huh. in it's like right we need to buy this we need to put a new shed up well, we absolutely. So improve the legal fix the robot oh totally Cam so the legal business side of things you know you make a salary or you make your money and that's it you know you can mm -hmm. reasonably from one mm -hmm. year to the next can be reasonably stable but that's the really challenging bit about farming and you joke you know it was a year and a half ago farm, dairy farmers had a good spell yep. you know what I mean and oh that was fantastic but actually dairy farming has had a really challenging you know, several years, especially prior to that, when the milk price was really, really low and yep. it put so many dairy farmers out of business. And what, I mean, I think we're less than a thousand, well less than a thousand dairy farmers in Scotland now, which actually yeah. is a travesty. And although when it's good, it's good, but the amount of bills and the amount of businesses mm -hmm. that effectively, you know, you have to pay off the back of dairy farming is great because it's great for the agricultural community what in is, terms of the number of businesses mm -hmm. that feed off of dairy farming. But see, actually, dairy farming is so susceptible to the milk price yeah. and just a few pence can be the difference between making, you know, a bit of money or losing thousands. Mm -hmm. yeah. So it's always it's incredible. You're so highly invested. That's the thing. You know what I mean? It's, it's it is a challenging mm -hmm. business. Yeah. And, and Iona and I were at the NFU conference uh a week ago and Hamza Yusuf yes, spoke was, uh -huh, yep. and he was talking about making he said a comment something like he actually spoke fairly well to be fair to him and he made a comment about making farming more efficient mm -hmm. or efficiencies in farming something along that regard and um Martin Kennedy and if you president yep. I rate Martin really really mm -hmm. highly I think he's absolutely brilliant yep. and he made a great comment direct to him after it saying you mentioned they are now I'm paraphrasing here I actually have it recorded and we'll play it rather mm. than what I'm about to say a couple of points I'd like to bring up and and, and, and you termed um, some farmers you know the, the inefficiencies in, in, in agriculture uh, and it's quite a sore one to take sometimes from a farming business because the reality is there's not that many farming businesses that are still functioning that are inefficient because the challenges that are on agriculture and the margins that are so low it's very challenging uh, to be sustainable when you're inefficient so uh, agriculture has moved on and adapted for a long long time like if a dairy farm is yep. not efficient yeah it's, 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 it's over absolutely and then was well, i say a joke about child labor but you know our labor essentially um is robbie and he's, he's you know i still sheila she's the one who helps with the um, calves that's robbie's mum and like the boys you know what i mean so it's, it can be challenging i mean to get the staff in yeah. the first place but if you do get good staff that's another big cost in mm -hmm. terms of your business plan for your business so um yeah it's well i was very... speaking to a farmer recently an ayrshire farmer and the dairyman I believe was on about forty five thousand plus a house. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Plus all the council tax yep. paid, all yep. the Wi Fi, heating, yep. electricity. Oh, it's great. They can get a great package, but it's still. I mean, that's really a hard sixty. That's a I sixty know. grand package. Yeah. To milk cows. <laughs> now I know there's more to it than that. You know, you need to have your wits about. But even the with bullying and stuff, there's collars on them. Yeah. There was collars on them to tell when they're bullying and that. So, all right, picking up a bit of lameness and stuff, mm -hmm. but all routine trimming. Mm -hmm. It was it was a great yeah. job. And the equivalent but of 60 grand a year. And it was you, like, you know, a young lad doing it. Yeah. But you've got to try and do that to try and make it an attractive package for somebody because to come. Oh, income, I wouldn't do you know it. what I mean? In terms of to get somebody to work those hours and to work that length of yep. day. In I wouldn't terms do it for your, 60 grand. You know what I mean? It's, it's difficult. That's what I'm saying. I wouldn't. And I see if your milk price goes through the roof, through, sorry, through the floors that has done in the He's past. He's still needs paid. Well, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, so that, that's why it yep. is a challenging industry. And that's why the best thing in dairy is if you can get an affiliated contract. You know, you get an contract it, with uh, uh, or Sainsbury's or whatever. So you, you tend to get more. More money for your milk which ah, is great okay. 
but you have lots of targets then in terms mm -hmm. of you know carbon footprint etc when you do have an affiliated contract so which is but it's still great to get a contract of that nature because it gives you more security yeah, from an definitely. income perspective which is what you want as a farmer you know you want to know that you're getting x x pounds oh, it's absolutely especially dairy when you have so many uh, bills overheads, to pay overhead, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Sh sheep thing. is quite easy in that regard like our overheads are, are yeah. probably the smallest of all farming well, indeed, i would indeed. argue mm -hmm. um uh, and the land prices are very, very good at the moment. Touch oh, wood. Don't say that out loud, can we? <laughs> touch, touch wood. Um, so, just while we touch on it as well, I think I'm always interested in these things. Who's your milk contract with? Uh, we're First Milk. First Milk, are they yeah. a good one? Yeah, no, we're well. Um, we're just general first milk. Um, we don't have an, a, like a special contract. Like you can be if you're within first milk, you can have an, an affiliated contract with say Nestle. Mm. But we're just general first milk members. Have um, you always been with first milk? No. Um, when we initially started milking, we were with U Tree because U Tree were very susceptible. Of you know, we were quite you know small. We started initially with thirty cows, mm -hmm. and yeah. it was very difficult to get some one of the, maybe mm. the bigger buyers to take us on because we didn't maybe have the sufficient volume of milk. But I have to say, U Tree were very 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 supportive of us when we first started okay. um and yeah they were great initially interesting no it was yeah. good um so uh, we went on a kid yeah. great talking about that dairy stuff there but we did not confirm who gets my sheep when i die <laughs> <laughs> just make a will Cammy, so i'll make a will it makes it so much easier yeah, i'm gonna so say if n comes from this make a will because there's nothing certain otherwise we're gonna do it yes, we're gonna do it I'll, I'll, I'll get you to do it for yes. me I'll, well i'll pay you to do and it of course yeah. yes oh no pa pa pay you <laughs> I would just be honoured to do it, Cam. Oh, stop, stop it. Stop it. Right, think, listen, see once I die, take as much you want for yourself. Oh. Like, don't, don't, don't lead to the boys. Aye, make, make those boys of mine work for it, I tell you. Oh. Um, so, okay, so in terms of that, though, like basically, surely, just so I'm a wee bit at ease, surely everything would go to Lizzie in terms of the fact that, you know, it's all just... It's all just assets. There's no fixed. Well, again, it depends equipment. what you have, and it, there's it, no farm. There's no everything. Just a cash. Well, like. it potentially would be it potentially would be utilised in terms of what goes to um, Lizzie. But your kids would have a claim as well. It just depends what you've got. There's an ordering. Okay. Has it well, either or, I'm, uh -huh. either so, or but, I'm quite uh -huh. happy. They yeah. can fight it. I was going to That's say fine. that. I think as long as it's Aye. a scenario like yours, never gets on, and it's like mom and two kids, you should Aye. be fine. So but what about other people? Go like what about if Cammy's mum came in or Cammy's sister? Well, see that if you're a sister, so I know. So if you were a partner in the business, you see, in the farm, you owned a farm and the farm had the business and you didn't leave a will, that's, you know, it could, it, it could be tricky, Cammy. So, uh -huh. But for you, just make a nice, simple will and it'll be ideal. No, but, but you, you have got me thinking as well about this inheritance tax thing. Like, mm -hmm. I will probably need to get married at some point, whether I'm sure or not. I think I'll just need to do it. <laughs> You've done it before, did I get? I, I've rushed into it before. I mean... <laughs> Gosh, you know, see why you've done it once. Oh, like, oh, you're so romantic. I'm hoping there'll be something just, about And Wednesday night is like about, Valentine's coming. So it is, I'll, 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 I'll be doing it one knee, doing, going, Lizzie, Lizzie, I've looked at the value of the sheep. And <laughs> it's it's 380,000. Oh. Um, it, it's 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 three it's three sixty, but if you were to sell the tapari, you'd be over. And uh, wait, I don't want to be paying any inheritance tax while you marry me. That's my wee speech practice. All right, that's about after oh, Valentine's. Yeah. I, was say, I might have done it. Wait, wait, wait for, for the pose. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, I don't know, we bit kind of maybe I like you a wee bit in there as well. In, in, in fact, in fact, I've just decided in my head that see when the day comes, that's what the caption's going to be. That, that's the inheritance tax sorted. <laughs> <laughs> When the oh, day comes, dear. we'll do that. Oh. Um, so no, that's it. Now I had wrote down here. Obviously, wills are your thing, uh, and 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 uh, obviously, I'm quite interested in tenancies. Yep. I know you, you alluded earlier that perhaps that's not your particular area of expertise. Is that fair to say? Or it depends. You're still an expert, but well, no, I'm an agricultural uh, sort of specialist, but tenancies. So is that different than being? Well, no, no, no. So, so it depends on the type of tenancy. So farming tenancies take a, a variety. You've got the basics of a grazing let. You know, you've got your type of tenancy, which essentially is less than 365 days. So a grazing yep. agreement has to be. That's what all mine uh, are. Yeah. So yeah. Oh, well, then fine, Cami, I'm quite versed in those. It can't be for more than a year. It can't be for a year or more. Mm -hmm. And then you've got short limited duration tenancies, which would be up to five years or five years. And then you've got sort of old, there was limited duration tenancies, but the legislation was updated and you've now got more of the modern limited duration tenancy. And then you've got the sort of halcyon of all type of tenancies as your secure tenancy. Yeah. Like your 1991 the tenancy, the Holy Grail. That mm -hmm. is the one that if you've got a tenancy, that's the kind of tenancy you want to have. So I advise on maybe... It, most type of tenancy situations, but not the secure, not the secure tenancies. I would tend to spend any clients that have got a particular issue 
about secure tenancies to another chap that used um, for specialist advice because it is such a specialist area and there's so much legislation in this area and the devil is in the detail. Yeah. And there's been lots yeah. of legislation in this area in the last few years about assigning tenancies and surrendering tenancies and putting your tenancy onto the market. And it's such a specific process um, that and, I do and, tend to just... And am I right in saying that like just about every landlord just now in in agent is trying to get people out of secure tenancies if they can. Well, if you, I mean, if you're a landlord and and if you want, I mean, if you want to get your a tenant out, then you would try and get them out of the secure tenancy. But there's like they can't really do that. I mean, usually, I mean, if you no, got a no, they make them an offer. Like, yes. yeah, I'm not why, saying why they don't they force them out. Them out. Well, you imagine if you're a millionaire, like mm-hmm. uh, secure tenancies make no sense to me. Can I just say, and, and and playing devil's advocate, like great to everyone that's got them. But if I was a landowner, mm-hmm. like, no, I, I know uh, your dad touched on it, that the reason uh, Iona's dad, that is for anyone listening, uh, touched on it that back post-war, nobody wanted to farm and it was hard to get people in the farms. Yeah. So it was a way of encouraging them in, was this ah, security tenancy. of tenancy. Yeah. And perhaps back then you had more wealthy landowners than we do now, I don't know. Some, a lot of these big estates now aren't as cash rich as yeah, they probably used to yeah, be. Yeah. Uh, but it, for anyone that doesn't know what a secure tenancy is, maybe I should get, do you want to explain what a secure tenancy is just very briefly? Well, a secure tenancy is a tenancy which essentially gives you, well, at the present time, more or less gives you the right to pass that um, tenancy, the right to farm that property down through the generations. You know what I mean? So if you've got a tenancy in place, the 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 main attraction of a secure tenancy is that, you know, you can leave it um, essentially to your next of kin, to your son, to your daughter. I mean, so it passes down to the next generation. So it gives you that secure right to farm the land, not only yourself, but to the next generation. Whereas, you know, aggressively, it doesn't pass on. A short-lived duration tenancy essentially, you know, wouldn't pass yeah, on. Yeah. So it's, it's the security that it that it gives you, but it's a creature of the, um, what was it, 1991, 1991 Act legislation. Um, but the, an interesting thing, with interesting thing, obviously secure, it's in the name, but the landowner cannot get that farm back so no, unless pro- he makes you a huge offer. Uh-huh. So there's like, a process of so the farm. doesn't have to be a huge offer, but unless he yeah. makes you an offer, you can you could sell it to him or come out yeah. of it, but he but can't that's... he can't give you a notice to evict like a like you could maybe with a house let. Well, it, no, he can. You know, you could serve notice, but you would usually need to have grounds to consider. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you if you pay your uh-huh. rent and, and yeah, stay within your terms, yes, they can't yes, kick you uh-huh, out. No. Uh, and how long is a secure tenancy normally? Forever. Oh right. So I'm saying it can pass down. There's no date on it. It's literally forever. There'll Uh be be some of them over 100 years old. Well, pushing 100 years old, I would think some of them. Just because of the way it comes down through the generations, you see. So so why why is that why is that um, attractive to landowners rather than just selling? It's it's not now though. Uh, It's terrible. Right. Uh, So you can't you can't now create a new secure tenancy. So that's why um, following the introduction of the Agricultural Holdings Scotland Act of 2003. You, there's no nothing you can, you can't effectively create a new secure tenancy. So okay. the best you can put in place, if you were a landlord and you wanted mm. to create a new tenancy with somebody, then you can enter into a limited duration tenancy, which can be for you know it could be ten, fifteen, it could be you could agree to you could do it, twenty, for 20 years. years. You know what Butte I mean? You could uh-huh, totally yeah. can agree agree to that finite period mm-hmm. of time. Um, but you can't now create a secure tenancy there effectively no longer, essentially because of the security. Which well, it's tenant, madness. Which it would be madness. Gets, like you, yeah. you imagine you own two million pounds worth of land, mm-hmm. but you can't get it. Yeah, that's mad. You know what I mean? You mm-hmm. own that two million. You own two I mean, most of these estates own millions, tens of millions of land. But you imagine you own two million pounds worth of land, a two million pound farm, you own it. But, but you can't don't. Sell it. You can't. You yeah. can't touch it. You can't do anything. Even if you're getting like cash strapped and all that, the best you could do is maybe do like some sort of bridging loan on the promise of selling it after you pay the farmer out. So it's like you can understand. I can totally understand why both landowners are trying to. And I'm like some farmers are like Cammy, you know, whose side are you on here? Hmm. Like, but I'm on the common side of common sense. It's like, what? Why would any landowner well. do that now? And I get it. And it's all right. It's crap for folk like me that would love a secure tenancy. Yeah. It's 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 it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's not as good. But there is still some opportunities with your, t- your well, yeah. 10 and 15 yeah, and the landowner yeah. has more security and he can yep. get it back within that, you know, they might have to wait 15 years, but yep. there's an end in sight. Whereas yeah, absolutely. with secure tenancies, it's just... And you wouldn't enter into it. I mean, the landowner's obviously looked at his different options and for whatever reason, you know, the farm's a good asset, he doesn't want to sell and it'll be a good income for them. So they'll have done their homework and therefore they'll have decided on whatever's the correct vehicle for them. Um, and that's why your short-limited duration tenancies are essentially quite short, though they're only five years or can be less than five years. Yeah. 
And then the modern limited duration tenancy or the limited duration tenancy essentially allows you to put something in place, which probably is a bit more meaningful for the tenant. You know, it gives you a chance to actually farm the ground and invest mm. money in the ground. So you know, you can have yeah. it for that yeah. fixed period of time. gives you a bit if, more certainty. I mean, if for example, if there's a stead in the house yeah, involved, yeah. a five-year tenancy is almost a waste of time because... You know, you don't want to plug too much money into it. Well, you, you, you may as well just yeah. have a seasonal let. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's mm-hmm. there's, there's no real difference because you, mm-hmm. you're not going to invest on yeah. a fi- over a five-year period where, you know... Even mm. ten's pretty short, but ten, fifteen, twenty years, yep. you can, it's worth ploughing a field and well, absolutely, you know, yep. improving the soils yeah. and yep. putting some real money into it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and of course, a secure tenancy. The other benefit is anything you spend. Well, depends. I think with some of the terms, but see, you build a shed, etc. Yeah. If you ever come out that tenancy, yeah, any maybe. tenants improvements yep. get paid to you, mm-hmm. but the, yeah. the owner has to pay you. Which another benefit for that is a good deal. It's a good deal. So if you build a shed, when you come out of that, the owner has to pay you for that shed you've built and used for 30 years. Albeit it's depreciating. It depreciates. It depreciates. It depreciates. um, So that's another. Because there was a real example um, very close to you um, that I had a a look at myself, which I still believe is the only example of its kind in the country, unless you've heard of another. I can't quote another one off the top of my head. Um, I, no, so no, I, I'm not. No. That's only so, one I know definitely yes, happened. Yes, and I, you know, I'm, I'm not saying I hear a lot of the gossip, but I, mm-hmm. you know, I folk know I'm desperate to get on, so yeah. that we hear about a lot of those things. So the scenario I'm talking about was mm-hmm. a secure tenancy. Yep. Was available to buy. Yep. Which is unheard of. Yep. Like unbelievable, mm-hmm. actually. Mm-hmm. And essentially, this was a farm. I'm not going to say the farm, but anyone in Ayrshire will, will know the farm. Uh, incredible farm, mm-hmm. incredible yep, stead. And the, the previous farmer had the place immaculate. Mm-hmm. It was yep, perfect for us, yep. perfect for us. Mm-hmm. But the problem with that is, I'm not saying I couldn't have got a lender, but it's unprecedented. So when I started inquiring about getting finance for it, and just for reference, to to buy the secure tenancy, you're essentially buying the tenant's improvements, and okay. and, and the you know it was va- the tenant put the value on it essentially and it, I thought it was a fair value but it was valued at roughly four hundred odd thousand between four and five hundred thousand. Right, there so would be a procedure though to work out that in the legislation, Cammy, there's a process. So in terms of the process, the, the tenant would have to offer the farm, or the tenant would have to speak to the landlord first to see whether the landlord wanted to buy him out, and then there's a valuation process. That's incredible. Process. But uh-huh. so, yeah. And so the landlord obviously said, "No, we don't want to buy that, you which out." Which is incredible. Uh huh. And then and then there's a valuation process. So the legislation sets down how the valuation of the farm is achieved, so that you then know essentially what the valuation of the tenancy is. So I would assume that that valuation which was obtained would have been your base for the price guide essentially that was put on the tenancy i would assume but but i would say that's that's fine when you go to the landlord you have to sit by those rules yeah but yeah. when you put it to the open market oh, you can put any price you like on it well that's mm-hmm. true well, and it yes, went for a lot true. more than it was asked so i believe it went for nearly 500 it certainly went for more than it was on for um, so we wouldn't have got it anyway, even if I got the finance in place. But the crazy thing with this is that the landlord was offered and chose not to take it, which is unheard of. I don't understand that. The guys maybe, hey, who knows? Who knows? It's not yeah. for us to speculate. No, no, no. But um, anyway, that was the incredible thing of that story. And what an opportunity. Like we went and we looked at a place and like, mm. this is a dream. Um, very close to where we are. Uh, but just looking into finance, speaking to banks and rural financing. It's unprecedented oh, because so you can't get security. So you can't yeah, get there's finance. No secu- you can't like so if you get a secured loan from the bank, uh-huh. like so if you own a farm or own a house, you can go and get a mortgage, you can get you a can loan. Secure it yeah, against yeah, an asset. Yeah, yeah. But you the banks won't give you loan finance for a tenancy. Yeah. And obviously well, that- they said potential you know, they were all like humming and hawing about it as a secure tenancy, it's like one of the most valuable mm. it's one of the most valuable non assets, yeah. non yeah. non physical assets. It probably is the yep. most valuable non physical asset you yep. can get mm-hmm. in farming. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they're they're like they were all talking up like there's potential there if we speak to x and y and z and we put a a proper plan together and um to be fair it was i got speaking to somebody else who said actually i think it'll go for this amount rather than the amount you're thinking and it kind of made us think well what's the point in doing all this work and 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 fortunately it did say fortunately they were right enough it did go for a lot more but it was like you know un unprecedented it'd be great if anyone's listened to this and Mm -hmm. have heard of another example of that please drop us an email uh, and let us know that because i think this may be the only one in the whole country um, and yeah, it ended up going for, as we say, that amount of money. And the farm itself, you know, if we say the the tenants' improvements were there at that four hundred thousand ish mark, the probably farm itself was worth about two million. Would that be fair in that area? You're very close to there. Um, Maybe more than that. Maybe. 
<laughs> well, uh, yeah, I mean... You're just speculating, it's, but yeah, it's just to give yeah, folk an example yeah. of a percentage yes, of, you uh-huh. know, you're buying a lease. A, it's very good ground and it's got a very good setup. It's a tremendous farm, oh, so, yeah. Turn it into a dairy immediately. Uh, like, uh-huh. uh, well, Absolutely. It has been Was a dairy, uh-huh. yeah. So see, when you buy that secure tenancy, are uh-huh. you on top of that paying rent? Every month. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. But the rent okay. was a pittance. Like, uh, secure. Like how much would a rent be for that? I'm allowed to say. Oh, I shouldn't well, say. Uh, I, I shouldn't yeah. really say. But well, would, it, would it not be public? When well, they... uh, anyone, to be fair, anyone that looked at that applied for it got to see what the rent was, but um, mm. it's unfair on the people that are uh-huh. in it now. I feel. Oh, of course, because uh-huh. then people would know what they're Yeah, well, everybody will know the farm mm. I'm talking about. Right, okay. Um, so it's unfair of me to say, but it's a pittance. Like, right, okay. like pennies, like a fraction of what I pay for seasonal wets. You know, right, we'll okay. put it this way, the subsidy um, would more than cover it. Right, okay. You know, so that's, mm. there's an example of how, so, but that's standard with secure tenancies. Um, you know, generally speaking, secure tenancies, rents are much lower than right, okay. the more modern MLDTs. But yeah, so that that was an incredible uh, example yep. and one that yep. we, we just never see. And hey, if I saw one again, I'd, <laughs> I'd be yeah. all over it. Uh, like, uh, a great opportunity. It, it was, was it was. And well done to the guys that got it. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Good, good on them jumping. Yeah, yeah good nice on people. them jumping on the um, yep. opportunity. And yep. like, mm-hmm. hey, yeah. great, brilliant. So I think we managed to discuss that without getting ourselves in too much bother. That's probably a good time to take a little break and hear from one of our sponsors. Most foragers don't supply sheep and cattle with enough cobalt, copper, iodine, and selenium, critical to digestion, immunity, reproduction, and growth. When it comes to supplementation, there's a danger of under or oversupply. But when bolusing with Animax Tracure, you can be sure every animal has enough for up to six months in one single application. Animax, giving what it takes. I've been loving this actually. Yeah, it's so interesting. Oh. It's like I'm getting free like Le- advice. Well, you are. Yeah. It, yeah. it, it's good and and we got a podcast to put out as well <laughs> maybe, we'll totally... get, maybe they'll wait just wait oh. for the invoice to come through oh, no, 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 uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I hope it's not it's, too boring this podcast no, cost me no. 250 quid yeah. that's why I don't know <laughs> <laughs> that's why I'm, that's why I'm looking at the time I'm like oh god I've got five minutes left right uh, I'm going to spend I'm going to spend my last tenner on this question oh. uh, so the final one I want to ask you just and it's an, an interesting one is tenants rights in regards to a farmer selling a farm and there's no lease on the farm but someone claims tenants rights do you know anything about that so yeah i mean tenants rights tends to be people that are pre-2003 act so it's somebody again that's trying to claim that they've been on the ground since say well for the last 20 years so you need a bit more meat in the bone there cam in terms of what they're trying to claim because if you're just on a piece of ground and you've been on it for the last couple of years then you decide you're going to claim tenants rights well you've not the agriculture holding scotland act 2003 will not you know recognize that that was one of the big drivers of the 2003 act was to take away this people trying to claim tenants rights but if you were on a piece of ground say for the last 20 years and your right to occupy or right to be on the ground predates the agriculture holding scotland act 2003 then you need to look at the circumstances of, you know, how long you've been on, has there been any break in that? Have you been paying rent the whole time? You need to look at the circumstances and you may be able to try and claim some sort of right. But again, a caveat these, it's a case by case. Mm-hmm. And because it's so specific and they can get litigious, as I say, I always pass them to a chap. So, so why do we have to have, if, if it's post 2003, they've taken away this claiming tenants rights thing, why do we have to have a break in seasonal lets? Well, see, well, so you, when I, I'm thinking about the bigger picture of tenants' rights and trying to claim what we call security of tenure, you can't claim security of tenure anymore if your occupation postdates the 2003 Act. But say you're on with a grazing let and you don't actually vacate and you stay on and you could try and then potentially claim that you've got a greater right than a grazing agreement. You know what I mean? You, if you're on, you're still on, you don't vacate, you know, for whatever reason. Or the mo- one of the more common ones is you're on, you're on a piece of ground in terms of a short limited duration tenancy and say you're on and you're allowed to be on for a year but you don't vacate for whatever reason you're still mm. carrying on and you still then pay rent and you don't vacate you can it can um, effectively become a five-year or like it can become a longer short limited duration tenancy so you can enhance the right that you have by doing certain things or not doing certain things or but, somebody not serving notice on you but you can't get security of tenure anymore yeah but like see those things and like the people and i don't if anybody's listening to this i don't mind if you're offended but the people <laughs> that do those things right they make it a nightmare for people like me Ah, yeah, because they're trying the to get. Well, nobody's any trust. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. You know, because there's these greedy people and and untrustworthy people that are like, 
they'll t- yeah. say a, it's a seasonal let and then all of a sudden they're claiming more. Yeah. And so it just ru- it ruins it for everyone. Yeah, no, and absolutely. I don't understand why the law, why can't, why wouldn't they change, why did they allow that to be a law? Well, it's, I think it's just in terms of when you have a tenancy, you've got to have a set process for ending a tenancy. So, you know, giving notice or whatever the relevant step is. And if you don't do that or if you fall foul of the process, then that's when you can then fall foul. There's got so, to be consequences. So the legislation tries to preempt consequences, but it's far better if everybody just, you know, if it's a gentleman's, you know, a scenario where people yeah, both there's, there's not the enough gen- There's not enough gentlemen in the world. That's yeah. a problem. But so here's a scenario then. If you have a verbal agreement with someone for a seasonal let, 350 weeks of the year, verbal agreement, nothing written down. You should have it in writing. I would recommend that. But no, anyway. but who's it better for then? Surely it's better for the landlord if yes. there's nothing in writing. Uh-huh. Well, that's good no, you then. Know, well, you won't know if you're the landlord, you'd want something in writing so you're very clear about what you're... Well, yes, is. if it's in writing, but surely it's good for the landlord too if there's nothing in writing because then... They've got to prove others, but then if you're paying rent and it's like it's vacant, well, as long as you're getting vacant possession. But if you're paying rent, the landlord says, oh, you know, it's, it was a summer grazing. Well, yes, it depends what you're trying to prove. If they, so you're as a tenant trying to say that you've got rights type thing, but there's nothing in nothing yeah. in writing. Well, from the landlord's perspective, it's better to have something in writing there. Well, but of course, uh-huh. if it's black and white, it's a seasonal, that's good. Uh-huh. So that's but what surely, I always say, black surely, and white is part, like, yeah, of course, writing uh, is, of course if, it is, if you can but, but surely, that, surely if there's a verbal thing, the tenant has no legs, you know, well, no then, ground to stand on. But then sometimes the, there <laughs> maybe <laughs> was something Point, yeah. in place at the beginning and then it's been lost. That sometimes happens and people don't update their agreements, etc. And it's, the, you know, the actings of the party. But essentially, if you're dealing with land, there should be some kind of right, um, written agreement in place. That's the, the best scenario. Otherwise, anything is p- open to one man's argument against another man's mm-hmm. argument. And it leaves you in a grey area sometimes. So I always say, potentially for both parties as well, then you know where you stand. You're far better to have something in writing. Yeah, uh, listen, uh, obviously, yeah, black and white's great, but it, it does, it just winds me up so much because I know of examples of that happening yeah. and it's like it ruined it crushes it for the rest yeah. of us that's why people become reticent about and you know your landlords become reticent about freeing up ground to rent out cam you're 100 right because they worry about potentially what the backlash could be if they don't terminate the tenancy in the proper manner or if yeah. somebody does try to claim something which wasn't obviously intended mm-hmm. at the outset so it is a difficult one and uh and, and someone like myself who's got to manage breaks and ground all over the place like so yes, you've got to stagger yes. your leases and stuff because yeah. one yeah. place is to be clear for a week at this time yep. Uh, and another place to be clear for a week at a different yeah, time. It's a nightmare. Yep. It's an, it, no, it is a nightmare. And it's all caused sheep, yeah. by dishonesty. Yeah. Like, it, it, I have to do that because of dishonest people. Mm. That's well, the reality. Well, it's just making sure that, you know, that from the landlord's perspective, that there does effectively seem to be a break. You know, there's a period of... Yeah, because of dishonest people. Well... But people trying to guess claim that they've got more than they actually have. Yeah, dishonest people. Yeah. <laughs> you can see it. You can see it. How else would you how else would you describe it? Well, see that's the joys of being a lawyer. It's always the good shades of grey, Cammy, isn't yeah, it? That's you're it. Defending. <laughs> She's defending the other guy. She's it's squeezing as much. Shades of grey, you've got to watch, you're gonna offend some clients here. Uh, shades <laughs> of grey, and that's the problem. And that's why, as I say, back to square one, put it in writing at the beginning. Yeah. Everybody knows where they stand. Best advice I can give you. Totally, totally. No, listen, I think that's uh, that's good and get a will. And we're get gonna, a will. We'll, can, let's, yes. uh, will you book me in? <laughs> yes, absolutely, Cammy. I mean, do, do I actually need to come in or can I just say give it to Lizzie? Uh, can, no, can, that, I, yes. can I actually, can I do it in it? <laughs> no, can, can I do it just now and, and yeah, I own it, sign it? And yeah, yeah, just, yeah, absolutely, that's yeah. you. Yeah. Uh-huh. Give it, give yep. it to Lizzie. Give, give <laughs> yep, it to yep. Lizzie. Uh-huh. Make, Lizzie. Make sure she doesn't take it to Devon. <laughs> <laughs> The only, the, the, the only yes. rule is it must stay here. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's like an Adam Sandler film. It's like she can have all the money, but she must spend it before she goes back home. <laughs> it must go to the, the it must go to Scotland's uh, tax coffers. Oh. Um, I, ideal. No, that's good. And, and get married was the other bit of advice you said. Uh, all well, farmers should get married. <laughs> well, it's, Avoid it's, inheritance. Tax. Well, no, if you're looking at it from an inheritance tax perspective, then you will, yeah, getting married is good just purely because you can leave it all to your spouse and you don't suffer tax. But farmers, as I say, it's agricultural property relief that is the big saviour for farmers. If you're actively cap. farming. If you're so, actively farming. So I, I appreciate I'm, no, no, you're I'm, fine. I'm into okay, my second great. hour here. It's, I know it's all getting built. It's fine. Oh, no, uh, <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. But, delighted uh, to be you, here. You've, you've reminded yeah. me of another thing I meant to ask, though, yep. was that. You mentioned this uh, agricultural re- property, property relief. relief. Yeah. <sighs> what about if you pass? So you're saying, and there's the thing, and partly this is maybe an issue why there's so many older farmers. Not that it's an issue, older farmers, but your average age of farmers is so high because it actually makes more sense uh-huh, so for them to... So it's very tax efficient to leave the farm in the will. So yeah. you can leave the farm in the will but, and it gives you the best I, well, inheritance tax and capital tax So why tax would anyone position. not do that? 
Um, because I think, you know, other people, you know, believe that it's good to potentially transfer the farm during life and therefore it's good to encourage the son and they want to get, get it down to the next generation. And there's other, consi- you know, considerations. You've got succession planning. Um, uh, there's it, other other reasons why you would maybe want to get it down to the next generation. And there's a thing with regards to seven years. If you, so well, is yes, that the other route to do it? To well, pass it on so and yes, live seven years? You can years? transfer during your lifetime. Then if you live seven years, it falls completely out with your estate. So um, as long as you live seven years, it doesn't come back into your estate. But if it was, if you were to die within the seven years, as long as the you know your son and you're still involved in the family business and your son's farming and everybody's you know you've got a farmer in the farmhouse and farm in the farm you know your son's in the cottage, you should still tick all the boxes for actively farming and it would still be covered by agriculture cultural property relief okay so yeah I, that's the big savior for farmers um is the agricultural property relief and you can get business property relief as well for the businesses like for your share in the partnership or share um and the company whatever depending on how you trade but it's the key thing is you know speak to your solicitor agricultural solicitor and take advice about these things because it's mm-hmm. all good to know exactly how you are set up and understand how it works in your scenario and making sure that you are structured as best you possibly can be to take adv- to take advantage of all the reliefs interesting no yeah, listen really interesting ah so much good stuff here mm-hmm. so much i know good. i feel like i want to listen to it back already oh, no. yeah do you know what i mean to like because you said it so fast <laughs> To slow me down. I think and that's another thing folk feel that they're getting their money's worth. Yes. Because they're getting two hours of information and <laughs> a one hour yeah. podcast. But as I say, if I can give any sort of you know message is never ill enough to speak to your solicitor, never ill enough to think about succession planning and to think review your structuring in terms of your business and how the farm's held. Mm-hmm. Take advice and particularly please from an agricultural solicitor that essentially has an understanding of why you want to do certain yeah. things. Now, someone like yourself, would you, like, would you, if someone phoned you, would that initial phone call about the oh, circumstances yeah. be free? Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, Cammy, I'm, as I say, my farmer's daughter, Cammy, I know it's sort of pounds and pence. And yeah. It's, yeah. So absolutely, very happy to speak to anybody in the first instance yeah. and then, you know, take it from there. Mm-hmm. Because I've phoned you before yes, uh, for advice. I've never charged you. I've I never charged you for any advice I've given didn't you. Get a, as uh-huh. soon as she uh-huh. said something about billing information, I'm like, I'm sorry. Sorry. <laughs> 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 I'm quite, I'm quite reasonable. I would like to think I'm no, reasonably reasonable. You were very, very helpful. Um, so that's good to know. And are you always actively looking for more work? Yeah, always Fair looking to for, say. yeah, uh-huh. keen to build my business. We, we'll yep. put your email, do you want, how do you want, just the practice phone number? I can give, yeah, practice phone number and my email address would be ideal, Cammy. Okay, that, so we'll put that on the screen there. And if anyone Great. wants to speak to Margot or one of her colleagues. Yes, and, absolutely. And get their wills done. She'll do you a good rate and then she'll cream it on the other side when you die. Um, okay. <laughs> Or indeed buying or selling farms. That's my kind of big thing is buying and selling farms because yes. obviously that, that's where the agri bit ties in. That's mm-hmm. what I do essentially on a daily basis. The wills, the succession planning ties in round about that. But my core thing is Do you give any advice on finance? No. I don't give advice because we can't, we're not authorised ah. to um, provide financial advice, but we work with all the big high street banks that obviously um, provide typically okay. the finance to folks do, when they're buying do, a farm. Do you work with Oxbury? Oh yeah, well yeah. Yeah, because mm-hmm. yeah, I was looking at a wee bit recently. Where, where, they're where, doing a lot at the minute. Yeah, Everybody seems to have I was a advised, mm-hmm. but low deposit. Oh, which is great. Yeah. yeah, I think they were 25%. Quote me here, I'm getting into oh, it. But the, the, the number I was told was mm-hmm. certainly 25%, whereas other similar lenders were about 40%. So for somebody oh. like myself who's... Oh, that's great. Yeah. Gives your foot in the door. Doesn't no, no, have the cash great. to go 40%. It, yep. it was an option, but uh, unfortunately I don't have the cash to do 25%. <laughs> but we're getting closer every day. We're getting closer every day. This time next year. And, you know, of course, it'll be yourself that sorts it for me. <laughs> you, I, I'm, you have you heard you it here first. Uh, it's all just uh, discounted. I'm getting more than two hoods so, at this yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so, Secure a discount. <laughs> Done. <laughs> right. Do you need a discount for anything now? I mean, I've not, got a, will. I've not got a will. No, you've got nothing to leave, so yeah. yeah why, why bother? My, f- my flat. My... Oh, well, absolutely. If you want, oh. if you want anything, uh huh. Yeah. Oh, Women yeah, of wealth. Of my car. Yeah, bought you on the boom, and now it's going back in price all the time. No, it's oh, no, no it's price every day. No, oh, no, Straven. Oh yeah, I'm just waiting for them to put in a Straven's train station. A, Straven's uh, a good place. Straven's oh, I went to HE2 gets there or uh, HS2 it's gets going there. Going to be unreal. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Good. There, there we go. So right, we're all getting wills done. That's it. It's been fantastic. Uh, we're going to conclude the podcast there unless you have anything else you'd like to is there anything nope. else you'd like to add I nope, think you've been very happy. very thorough there it's been great fantastic having you on we'd just like to thank our sponsors Crystalix and Animax for supporting the podcast uh, obviously fantastic we've got we're still I'm still waiting uh, Graham if you're listening I'm still waiting on my Animax policies 
uh, for here. Uh, what I'm going to do is use them all and leave the empty boxes there. <laughs> uh, and I'll do the same. What I'm going to do, I'm, I'm going to do the exact same with these Crystalix tubs. I'm going to start swapping them for empties, obviously. Oh, who would know? No, no, no makes know. sense. Yeah, just don't, if somebody opens the door and the draft blows them all over, <laughs> it'll be fine. So thanks very much to them for supporting the podcast. I've been Cami. I've been Iona. And we're both fed, fed by, by farmers. farmers.